Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. My name is Michael Raftery, and I am new to the GMA team. And today I am interviewing Leif Hetland, talking about life's bitter pool, dancing on disappointment. Hello, Leif. Welcome on board. Good to have you here in Atlanta, Michael. Thank you. It's good to be here. So today we're just going to dive right in and, um, and talk a little bit about disappointments and how to navigate those. So I've got some questions for you. What, what is a disappointment that you faced in your life that you didn't know how to navigate and didn't know how to get over? And how did you navigate that disappointment? Now, I think that, uh, first of all, when we go through life, I think that some of us, uh, I think when you, you're meeting Jesus, you start to follow Jesus. And to some degree, there's some people that maybe believe that life is supposed to be a dance without disappointments. Mm-hmm. And then when the reality starts to hit life, like sometimes, like for myself, uh, you have these incredible breakthroughs. You have prophetic words. You have encounters with God. And then all these opposites seems to happen. And when that starts to take place, you're wondering, God, where are you? And and it starts to lead to disappointment. So a practical thing for me and my story was back when Dr. Randy Clark prayed for me on June 6, 1995. We have this powerful impartation that totally transformed this uh, Norwegian Baptist pastor. And then as a result of that, you start to see all these breakthrough. And then this injury came in. My neck was be destroyed. And I was in great, great health. And I needed my health to do what the prophecy said I was going to do. Oh, wow. And you went through that process. So that was one of those big disappointments. God, I mean, I have blackouts, migraine headaches, all of those things, opiates, pain medication. I'm struggling to be a father, to be a husband, to be just the basic things. So that was one of those. And then I had another break to move back again to America. And I'm in part of a mega church, went back to Norway. And then August 2nd, 1998, the car accident came in. The presence and people were being healed on Sunday morning. And a few hours later, I'm in the mountain wall. And here you are. I don't know if I'm going to walk again. Uh, and then the surgery starts, 30 days in the hospital room and ICU and just trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life. And you are faced with these disappointments. You have words over your life. That, and then in the next moment, everything seems like paradoxes. And then coming home and sitting in a wheelchair and, 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 and sitting there with a body cast and not being able to do anything. Then you're thinking about, I'm supposed to provide for my family. I have a wife and four children and you go through that and then it gets worse that's just the beginning so from that wheelchair you go to Disney World and you're sitting in a wheelchair and again just struggling what am I supposed to do with my life because I have all these words all the promises all the prophetic and all these things that says I'm supposed to do and I'm not able to do anything so you're struggling with God you're struggling with yourself you're struggling with the disappointment of people disappointing you in the middle of it and then it starts to rain on the top of it so I think that wow. I've been through many of those journeys. and But then the beautiful part of that, when I, I think that the stage is sometimes you go through, and it's okay, uh, the first coming in, because you start to drink a little bit of that bitter water. But then eventually to come before God and say, God, 
And for me, it led to the baptism of love. I wouldn't have had a baptism of love and experienced the love of the Father and experienced an aspect of God. In the middle of my tragedy, I was able to look into his face and I went from being an orphan on the inside to becoming a beloved son. It took two years from my deepest valley and darkest moment and the biggest disappointments. And then I had this divine appointment, a baptism of love, liquid love that changed me. And then because the processes I went through, things that God is doing around the world today, He is using every aspect of the nutrients I learned in the wilderness. Every single time He took some of that lemon and made it into lemonade. Every time I drank from that bitter water and now the sweetness comes out and people are saying, what is that thing that I'm tasting? What is that love without a hook? What is that joy in the middle of what's going on? What is that healing that is flowing out of you? And it is Jesus. It's things that I've just experienced if I hadn't gone through some of those things. So now looking back at life, and I've had maybe about 20 major disappointment. That's from loss. I, I believe I can be entrusted with gain when you have dealt with loss. I've been betrayed and because of the betrayal, because I've had a Judas in my life, I've also had the joy of having a John. Like Jesus had with John, a covenantal relationship. So there's so many of those things that are faced, but the opposite that has been happening as a result of, and I realized I could not value some of the things that I have today if I hadn't gone through what I do. I'm walking with a limp today, and I find other people that are walking with a limp that is also, and that's another picture just of the disappointment when we wrestled with God and eventually got pinned. So you've been through these major disappointments in your life, and you face these these moments that, you know, could have broken you, but instead of breaking you and destroying you, you're able to turn those disappointments around. So when you're in the midst of the wilderness and you're facing those things and you feel that that wilderness season is lingering, it's just, it's just carrying on and on and on. How do you shift your perspective from the wilderness to a place of hope that you're going to come out of this wilderness, that you're going to be on the other side with the breakthrough? I think one of the first thing that I do, because there's time in the wilderness you're not able to see. And there's times in the wilderness you cannot hear. So you cannot hear his voice and you cannot see his face. So you're in the middle. And that's a typical sign of the wilderness. So the first thing I do is go back to the memory stones, the memorial stones of what God has done in the past. And so what I do is I have a ring on my finger. This is a memorial stone. If you walk through my office, it's full of memorial stone. Even before I did this podcast, I looked at the memorial stones of my disappointments. And I just looked at God. This is what you did at that disappointment. When I had my tumor and I almost died as a result I have an encounter with you when my leg there with a fusion and I couldn't walk and it threw off my back and those years there here's the creative miracle I had but when I released that 19 other people the testament of my own breakthrough 19 other people just got healed from it when I stood there on that stage and we passed the 1 million mark and I'm looking and I have the picture on the wall as you walk by every day to your office Michael and you look at that picture and then you're starting to see it's almost I'm looking at the bear and then the lion when I'm facing that Goliath in my wilderness then I, I, I have those memorial stones so that's one thing that is helping me always because when I then focusing on what God has done the tendency at that moment is that God where are you why have you forsaken me God I'm, I'm alone here and 
because we are not able to see the other side. So that's one element. The other thing that for me that has become very important, and it is just the very love of the Father, the very goodness of the Father. Like I'm going to call it a wilderness season or bitter water or disappointment. Again, I fell and injured my shoulder. This year was the year of wholeness for me, healing. One of the things I did when COVID-19 happened, my wife and I, we started to get more time together and hang out together. And, and people have asked me for years, on my 50th birthday, my wife and my kids, they bought me an expensive bicycle because they thought, okay, if we buy him an expensive, nice bicycle, he's going to use it. Four years has gone by. I have not used it one single time because I never had any leftovers. And I knew I was going to get so sore just to learn it. But when COVID-19 hit, I started to love that bicycle, and I started, and at first it was hard and difficult, but eventually we went for 15, 20 miles rides, my wife and I, and this became a bonding time, a beautiful time, but then I have an injury on my shoulder, and I go through this thing, and then I have words, you're going to get healed, uh, words of knowledge, and people are praying for me, and, and, and you're just expecting the healing. After 12 weeks, and it's just getting worse, and I'm not getting healed, I'm doing everything that I know how to do. That disappointment comes in and it's God, you said this year is going to be the year of healing and this is the year of wholeness. This is, and then opposite is happening. So in the middle of all of that, again, I just realized the father just comes in and this is his nature, says, Leif, I don't do second class healing. So the day when I went and called the surgeon and says, I'm going to do the surgery, I had given Jesus, I said, Jesus, you have an opportunity, you have one week, and if not, I go to the surgeon. But he said, if I'd done a word of knowledge, I've done a healing, and and if that would have happened in March when you prayed, and when I said I was going to heal you, if I'd done it at that time, you wouldn't be able to have this process. And there's all these things. So I don't do second-class healing. And second of all, if I choose to do it through process, that means it would be greater for you, greater for my kingdom if I let you go through these processes than if you didn't go through it. And do you trust me? Mm. Yes, Papa, I trust you. And so I start through, and now eight weeks tomorrow, I'm... Today, I have a lot of pain sitting here, going to the physical therapy again tomorrow and going home twice a day. I had to go to all these routines. It's pain. It's hard. It's difficult. It's called process. And it looks like disappointment. But all of this is part of the lessons I'm learning now. I'm building disciplines. I'm, I'm learning endurance. I'm learning patience. I'm learning all these lessons and nutrients, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. When I get squeezed, that is going to come out when this is over that I couldn't have done if I just received it. And the second of all that, when I meet other challenges and processes in life, I can help people. I can guide them through their wilderness, to their promised land, because I've been through it. I can help other people that are in the middle and say, don't give up, Michael. I've been there. And hey, you're about third trimester, and and you're about to birth your dream. Don't give up, because I know where it is at. I've been there. And already yesterday, I sat with six people, the day before, two people, just helping them in their wilderness, dealing with their disappointment. If I had just been healed, I would say, let me just pray for you and you just get healed. Mm. But I wouldn't be able to understand what they were at in their pain and their processes. Now I can because of where I'm at. I think that's so helpful to hear that, like... The Lord wants to teach us in the midst of process, you know, like he wants to encounter us in the midst of process that, that it's not, it happened or it didn't happen, but that he's actually walking with us through the midst of the process and that your process has such purpose that you're even seeing each and every single day. So talk to me a little bit about, 
I deal a lot with in my own life with expectations. So I have expectations in situations and then something, you know, moving to Atlanta, I had a lot of expectations of what it was going to look like. And a lot of those things were completely different. And so navigating disappointment in the midst of expectation, how have you experienced that and how have you done that well and not done that well? Yeah, And one of the major thing I've learned about expectation, usually expectation leads to disappointment. Mm. But expectancy leads to hope. Wow. And it's two different things. So many times I have expectation, but I either can place certain things on God or I kind of expectation for the givers in this season that they are supposed to financially help me or expectation of that church to do certain things for me or Mm -hmm. expectation that the door is going to open up for me for Pakistan, whatever those expectations are. And when it doesn't happen, I'm getting disappointed because I put that on either somebody else or something Mm -hmm. for me to be able to get it. Instead of when I'm living with expectancy, I'm living with belief, I'm living by faith. I think the best way somebody described it, if you, Michael, would say, hey, when I visit you in California and say, Michael says, hey, late, there's this bakery. I mean, it tastes probably like your mama's bakery in Norway. But if you go to this bakery and you go to this bakery, you're going to get that bread and it's just, it tastes like heaven. And I go to the bakery. I believe. So what I'm doing there is I'm, I'm believing now you, what you said. And then I'm having an experience that releases faith. So the next time I go, I have faith that what I believed in and I went through the process, the taste of an experience. Now that's going to happen again. And so the expectancy leads to hope for us. So I I am learning more and more the difference of making sure that I live with a high level of expectancy. And the second of all, disappointment is not dangerous. That's the other thing for me. I welcome disappointment as part of my life. And as soon as I do that, disappointment, discouragements, distractions, and delays are four dream killers. But at the moment when I'm afraid of disappointment, I stop dreaming too. Wow. And I'm operating in fear. So we have to start to see that, that disappointment happened. But the, the thing that people do is they lower the expectation. And if I don't expect to be healed, uh, I don't see much healings. But I, if I don't expect provision, wow. so I lower my expectancy. So what I continue, and then I see less and I see less. And eventually I'm just starting to do the ordinary and never the extraordinary. And eventually I'm not tapping into the supernatural. And then I suddenly in the next moment have a disappointment with God. Why don't I see any more healing? And it's because the fear of disappointment kept you from continuing to build expectancy that gives hope. So even with my shoulder, I continue to pray. Even with the back injury, it's been 22 years I've not been healed yet. And this year I have that you're going to be healed and all the opposite seems to happen. But don't I have more expectancy than I did 22 years ago? I'm one day closer today to my miracle than I was 22 days ago. That's a whole different way of living and loving. And I can go to the grave on some of those things. And that's that's just a choice in the way that I'm living my life. So what I do is I, I choose, yeah, I maybe sink, but I have walked on water. But I would rather get out of the boat and be wrong then suddenly lower my expectancy. And churches all over, they're not experiencing revival. They're not experiencing healing. They're not experiencing miracle. And believers all over, they're living a lifestyle of disappointment. And the primary reason was disappointment came in. They didn't know how to handle it in a good way. So they lowered their expectation in relationship, in friendship. I got hurt in friendship. I got hurt in finances. I didn't get healed. I lower, I lower, I lower down. And eventually we look just like the rest of the world out there, not experiencing supernatural manna 
in a wilderness, not experiencing that pure water that Jesus wants to offer us, not experience because of disappointment. That's one of the biggest weapons the enemy is using. So when I realize, wow, I got another disappointment today, wow, that's going to be another divine appointment. And so it's like, I know that disappointment is not my enemy. It is a friend. And I know disappointment is part of my life. I maybe hit the ball, but I also miss it. Uh, And I miss it more time than I hit it. And that's part of life. And the pain that I live with there is connected to how I can be in trust with pleasure. Sometimes somebody asks me, Leif, what is the easiest because you have had both success and failure? And I think that to live with success can sometimes be more difficult than to live with failure. Because when I, when I miss that ball, I'm going back again. And I'm going to learn some ways I didn't do it before. I'm going to get back again. I'm going to back. When I've been thrown off that horse, I'm going to get back up on that horse. And I think that for me personally speaking, I've been thrown off that horse many times, but I got back up again. I've been knocked down, but I'm still standing. And it is not over yet. There's still a few more rounds left. And I'm going to live full and I'm going to die empty. But there's very seldom that I go through a day without experiencing disappointment. I had 20 major ones that I looked back at my life, major ones. And I realized that how can I get the nutrients out of all of them? And I'm even studying all of them to make sure that I don't want to waste anything because he uses all things out for good. All things. All things are for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, including when I'm disappointed with myself, even when it was my own fault. He even uses all of that lemon to make it into good lemonade. It's so good. Wow. So would you say that the difference between expectation and expectancy is where you're placing your hope? It is very clearly. And so the expectancy is a faith-based, it's a belief-based, and it leads to hope. While expectation... I'm placing that on, I'm putting that on my wife, what she is supposed to be. I'm putting on something else. It leads to disappointments. I'm placing on somebody else to give me happiness or my finances or instead of in the next moment where I'm realizing there's nothing that anybody else can stop because my expectancy is that no matter what happens to me or no matter how they respond, I can keep my love on. I can still turn that wind coming against me to become my best friend, especially if you have a sailboat, especially if you're an eagle. That wind that comes against me is going to make me soar faster and higher and it's going to give me stronger wings and it's going to do something with my eyesight where I'm going to see things clearer as a result of the wind, the opposition that comes against me. And even if he uses the people that are closest to me as the instrument for that, he uses uses all those things out for good. So to our listeners today who are sitting in listening to this podcast and they've experienced a disappointment in their life, maybe it's due to the effects of COVID-19, maybe it's due to their job or their finances or relationships, what is a practical thing that you would give them right now to help to shift their focus from the disappointment to a place of expectancy? Yeah, I think that one of the invitation that I, I'm living is one of my major verses in this season is the invitation of Jesus to say, come to me, just come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. If you carry this weight of disappointment, discouragement, if you carry that, 
come. Just come to me, all of you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. So the first thing I'm doing is, is to be honest with Jesus. Name your disappointment. Be specific and clear to just put in and say, I am disappointed with you, God, because this is what you said, and if it is with my shoulder. But I'm coming with those things, and I'm going to place that on the cross because every situation that I go through, Jesus went through it too. Jesus and Gethsemane said, if there was another way, could you please? To see a Judas betray him, to see a Simon Peter where he know the very thing that his God has said, I will never leave you. And then these are the closest people in his life going to that cross and to be able to do what Jesus did. And he did all of that so that we could face our disappointment. So the invitation is that he is qualified to carry our disappointment. And he's qualified to take our bitterness and to make it better. He's, he's qualified. So if you struggle then with the shame that comes from it, he said, come to me, Michael. And I'm, I'm going to take your shame and I'm going to bring glory. I'm going to take your sin so that you can experience in my righteousness. Even what anybody else has done towards you. I'm going to take that if you just come to me. Let me carry that. Come to my cross. Lay that down. Lay that at my feet. In the same way as I've forgiven you, you forgive. As I give you mercy, give mercy. As you are receiving my perfect love, you just give. Receive, become, and then you release it back again. So be clear to name it. Second of all, every name for that disappointment, Jesus has a name. And he, if you just take a look at Jesus, look at his hands and his side, John 20, 20 for 2020. And Jesus showed him his hands and his sides. And what he's saying to these disciples, they were disappointed. They'd given up everything to follow Jesus. They were going through their own COVID-19. They're in a room stuck there in John 20, waiting for them. The very thing that happened to Jesus going to happen to them. Where is Jesus now? He died. He was crucified. And here we are stuck here in this room full of fear. That's what the scripture says, John 20, 19. And then Jesus just appears among them. And that's what he's going to do for us. His presence is just going to fill us in the middle of our disappointment. And then he's releasing his peace in the middle of our storm. He says, peace be on you. And then he showed him his hands on his side. And when I'm looking at his hands on his side, this is a wedding statement. This is a covenant statement. When he says, life, I am your healer. I am your strength. I am your joy. I am your peace. I am your hope. I am your provider. Whatever you're going through right now, life, look at my hands on my side. I am. And eventually, I response back again. So look at the I am statement. You make your list of disappointment, look at the I am statement and respond back and say, Jesus, you are my healer. Jesus, you are my provider. Jesus, you are my joy in the middle of my sadness. Jesus, you are my peace in the middle of the storm. You are, you are, you are. And then the environment starts to change. He is. The world will say, he is. Yeah. So that bitter water will be turned to sweet water. That's the beauty of the cross. That's beauty of Jesus. So don't carry this alone. The invitation is come. Come in this season. Just come and say, how do I do that practically speaking? It takes you about 30 days. Mm. See it, say it, and cease it. See it. Put it listed. Disappointment list. The I am list of Jesus. Mm. Look at what he paid for. Why would you carry something that he paid for? Doesn't matter what anybody else did. Yeah. Those are just instruments going to help you to your upgrade. Well, what about that divorce? I talked to somebody yesterday. Wife just left him. No reason. Has not even talked to him in over two years. And he is just still broken after two years in depression. Can't get out of that. And I could just go over story after story after story. And where people are stuck in the middle of their wilderness at their 
Mara, they are bitter poor. And in the middle of it, we have an opportunity to come. The invitation doesn't matter where you'll come. Just come to him. And then Jesus says, I can identify with you. I've been in that dark cave. I've been in all of the depression. I took that. All of that fear you experienced, I took that. The loneliness, I took that. Everything you have, I can identify with you. That's why I can trust him with my sorrow, with my sadness. And I can trade it in for an oil of gladness. And it is a process to go through that with Jesus. It's a trusting to knowing that Jesus can take care of that. Wow, Leif, that, that is so powerful. And I love the picture of, of Jesus coming in and the disciples' disappointment and sitting with them, you know, and how he, like you said, he wants to sit with us in the midst of our disappointment and change the atmosphere. It's so beautiful. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but I would love for you to uh, pray for us today. And... Um, and just bless bless our audience and those people who are going through their own disappointments right now. I'm just uh, sensing that the Father is saying that I love you, I love you, I love you just the way you are. But I refuse for you to stay that way because I want you to be just like Jesus. So when the Father is looking at you, he's also looking at Jesus. And there's things in our lives... Uh, that that suddenly in the middle of the life's bitter pool, when disappointment comes in and we get squeezed and even some of the things that's coming out of us, it's not very pleasant. But it is okay because when those things comes out, it's because God is bringing something in and he's going to bring in his perfect love. And when fear comes out, it is something that is good because when his perfect love comes in, it casts out all fear. When his oil of gladness comes in, that sadness moves out. When a peace comes in and suddenly brings calmness to the storm. So whatever you're going through right now, I'm just releasing that presence of Jesus just to coming in to those deepest area of your life. And you're going to see in the middle of your storm, you're going to just to see, whew, and you're going to say, and you're going to cease. See, say, cease. Cease. I see you, Jesus. And when I'm looking at your hands and your side, I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to go through everything that I go through. And as a result that I can trust you. And I thank you, Jesus, that you will take my lemon and you make it into sweet lemonade. I thank you, Jesus, that I am not going to be better. I'm going to be better. I thank you, Jesus, that you have promised that you could use all of these things, the good, bad, and the ugly, even the instruments like Joseph. It was his own brothers that sold him into slavery. And eventually when the brothers stood before him, he says, you did not do this. God did this. I could bless you. I thank you for that sweet, sweet water that came out of Joseph because he had been through the process. He had been through the school of disappointment. He has gone through the school of betrayal. He has gone through the school of loss. He has gone through all of those schools and he has passed the grade and he looked and he smelled just like Jesus. Oh, that's my prayer for everyone that is listening as the Father says I love you just the way you are but I refuse for you to stay that way because I want you to be just like Jesus the world deserves experiencing a God like Jesus and I thank you that even in the middle of this squeezing that you are bringing out something very beautiful beautiful thing to ordinary people like us I bless you in the middle of your process Whew. with fullness fullness 
in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.